Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. I don't feel pressure to do a lot of verses right away. Uh, I've known of cases where people have been discouraged and kind of stopped doing this because they try to do a bunch of Bible verses and you know, they try to do one every week or whatever and you know their family is not ready for that. that you know, it's okay. It's okay to, you know, most I would bet most families, most probably most kids that are raised in the church have less than 10 Bible verses memorized by the time they grow up. You know, if, if your kid has 30 or 40, uh, you know, that's better than that, <laughs> that over time. If they have, you know, even, I mean, yeah, it'd be better for them to have hundreds or thousands, but you know, it's, uh, don't feel pressure to push too hard to be in. All right, Tony. Well, we have been refreshed or in the process of it. We both got a, a cup of coffee. And you still working through your um, the nasty coffee, or did you Dude, finally throw I it away? I threw that out, and then I found a, uh, a cup of whole bean coffee that was actually roasted in Raleigh, North Carolina. But it was um, there's this place called Martin's in Maine that they get a bunch of things that basically places are getting rid of, and they sell them at discount. And so it's normally like a $14 bag, and I got it for 9 bucks for a bag of whole bean coffee. And it's really good, actually. So I like it. So huh? how about you? What do you drink? And Folgers, Maxwell House? Uh, I'm drinking a... It was actually a mix between uh, Lidl Coffee and Starbucks. Um, so I, I wanted some decaf and some regular. Try to do that in the afternoon. And so I got the Lidl decaf. And then we had done a pastor's retreat a couple weeks back. And so we had some coffee left over. And so some Starbucks blonde roast. So shout out to the folks at Starbucks who are sponsoring this episode today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and random North Carolina uh, coffee roaster as well. Yes, to those folks too. Um, <laughs> so Tony, we uh, we haven't done this much lately, but for a while there, it seemed like almost every episode started with baseball somehow. And I think there's a way to tie this one in with baseball as well. But you know, we, we do, you and I like sports, but we don't actually spend that much time watching it or following it. At least I, I don't. You really don't either at this point, do you? Not anymore. I did years ago, but not anymore. Yeah, I used to spend more time on it. Um, I kind of checked the Brave score and that kind of thing, but I don't watch the games. I don't have cable. But, you know, in baseball, baseball doesn't – it's not very big into running plays. I mean there's a couple of scenarios where you have something you might call a play, but it's pretty minimal. Football, though, it's almost here, college football and pro football, and that's different. I mean every every snap there's a play being run of some sort. Now, I know you used to play sports. Did you learn plays with your team? We did. I mean, I was defensive line, and so defensive line, there's less of that. I mean, if that, especially at defense, mostly I was defensive tackle, and more, I mean, defensive tackle, at least at my high school, defensive tackle, I mean, the differences were like 10% in any given play in terms of what I would do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe on offense, um, but there was some, some level of strategy. Yeah. Um, but when, when a team executes a play, now they work in unison or harmony, however you want to describe that, um, but 
you do that so everyone can do what's needed to help the team win. You, you, you're moving forward. And I, th- I see an analogy there for memorizing scripture as a family. I think it can be a little bit like that. Um, when you're learning off the same page, you're, you're learning um, something that's from God's word. And then you can put it to work. You, you can each put it to work in your lives uh, individually, but also together. You have a role to play in that. And by participating together, you're encouraging one another. Uh, you could, I don't know, you could learn to play a song or sing a song. I, you could think of some other ways that you could build an analogy. But that's what we want to talk about today is memorizing Scripture as a family. Uh, I can't remember. Have we done one on individual scripture memory before? Or I looked it up and we had not. I went. And I was disappointed and surprised by that. So yeah, I was thinking that we had, and I I couldn't find anything. But I was like, well, maybe I'm just not not looking right. We did an interview uh, with Seeds Family Worship. That was the closest thing we got to it. Okay, so tying music and scripture memory. Yeah, I wanted to do one with someone else, and then they didn't respond. So um, anyway. Well, so Tony, you're you're a history guy, and I like history as well. I think you just read, have read more history. Um, so, how long, or, or do you know, how long have God's people been memorizing Scripture? Yeah, I mean, so it's interesting that question. Uh, actually, the Bible itself seems to give some indications of that, uh, especially in the New Testament and the awareness of the Bible, even without a printing press. Uh, so the Israelites routinely trained children to memorize large portions of the Old Testament based upon profession and uh, a lot of external factors. But mo- uh, if, I, if I'm correct in this, and I think I am, that it was expected that most Jewish boys uh, would have memorized at least the Pentateuch uh, by the first century. Isn't that, it's, it's the whole Pentateuch, if I remember correctly, was memorized by virtually all Jewish boys at that time. Uh, I, I've heard various things like that. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, and then if my remember, if I understand correctly from what I've researched, it, it gets higher, basically. You know, the priestly class would, some people would even memorize essentially the whole Old Testament. Uh, but this kind of stuff fell out of vogue in the Middle Ages. It's largely with the rise of the priestly order. Uh, but a lot of, you know, early Christians were memorizing the Old Testament, too, and then some of the New Testament. Uh, but when the printing press came around, uh, people would routinely memorize the Bibles uh, at the at Protestant churches. So the Protestant Reformation seemed to bring a lot more emphasis again on memorizing scripture. I mean, it was really court even to Reformation era family worship. We've talked about family worship, which was big during the Reformation. And part of that was memorizing scripture. Uh, but I, I think it was powerful uh, when you asked, you know, in terms of being a powerful tool because memorized scripture comes to mind when the devil lies. And so, yeah, this has kind of been how it happened. Uh, but it, unfortunately, it doesn't happen much today. What do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you know of the history of it? Uh, well, yeah, I think you've summarized it well. Yeah, I mean, there's a very long history of God's people putting God's word to their mind and their heart, um, thousands of years of it. And so, you know, back a long time ago in the day, they didn't have – you couldn't have a personal copy of Scripture because it was too cost prohibitive. And and I've heard different things, read different things about the literacy rates um, in the ancient world, but it's not that everyone was illiterate. Um, 
it's certainly not. And so, so I mean, you there can be this portrayal of people, ancient people, as just kind of all stupid and backward, and that's really not the case. Yeah, there were stupid and backward people, but um, but again, the the access to written materials, uh, your own copy of it was was challenging, and so there is this long history of it. And I think even within scripture itself, you do see some indication of some level of memorization happening about being able to meditate on God's law. If you're able to meditate on it, there's you've got some grasp yeah. of it internally to be able to chew on it. And you know, um, in Deuteronomy, they're ta- they're told about having it on their doorpost of their house and, and on their gates and things like that. Now, there's debate about whether that was literal or not. I, I remember when we were in seminary, I did some window cleaning, residential window cleaning. And I remember cleaning at a house, and I saw this little tiny fixture on the door as I was going in from the garage, like into their kitchen uh-huh. or something. And I'm like, what is that? And I looked, and it was like a little tiny little scroll. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess these are Jewish people. Um, and so it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that was the only time I'd ever seen anything like that. But uh, so even today, 2,000 years later, uh, or actually, well, from when that was written, you know, I'm like, 3,500 or almost. Yeah. Uh, so there, this is a time-tested practice of God's people. And so if, it, if people have been doing it for that long, we should stop and take note. Now, what might have pushed us away from memorization in more recent times? Yeah. So I think there's been a lot of things. You know, it, I'm not sure that we can trace like a definitive one thing. Uh, but it is. It does seem to be the case that it's gotten worse and worse, even during our lifetime, Bible memorization. Uh, and I suspect uh, in Bible app days, uh, we tend to read the Bible very differently. We've, re- we've had a whole podcast on Bible apps uh, and whether that's right. But a lot of times Bible apps push people to kind of use the Bible consumeristically almost, you know, as kind of a grab and hold and your Bible reading is really more of a devotional reading. And I think that when we're not immersed in the text, uh, in the way you also can be with a Bible app, you can memorize well with a Bible app, uh, that uh, I think you're going to be less likely to memorize. Uh, but I think family busyness uh, also undoubtedly contributed uh, contributed to this. You know, I, The modern family is obviously so busy, and we're, the modern family is busy taking little Johnny and little Jenny to to soccer practice and and you know and making sure to fill up every night of the week and it's hard to find time to memorize the bible when everybody's doing their own activities what do you think ben i certainly think those things contributed um technological advances in general i mean you think even not that long ago into history in the evenings people the kinds of things they would do they might read a book Mm -hmm. or something like that um, and then you got the advent of radio. People listen to the radio, then the television. Well, now everybody's got their own little device in their own room consuming it, so uh, they're just doing their own little things. And so in some ways, the quality of leisure has maybe gone down. And so I think that, that then ties into our ability to memorize. And I was talking to a couple of uh, college students last night about TikTok. Now, I, I don't – I mean – I will occasionally watch a TikTok because um, 
I have one person who will send them to me occasionally. Okay. Say, "Hey, you should see this," and so it pulls it up on the web browser on my phone, not on the app. I mean, I just I don't want to to do that. And I mean, there's a lot out there about TikTok and its its algorithm. But uh, I was telling these guys how I had heard that. So I had heard someone compare it to uh, to fentanyl. It like it is just like pure undiluted distraction, and just goes straight to the brainstem. And um, I think because of some of those tendencies, I mean, you just get on there and then it's like, oh my goodness, it's it's the next day. I've been watching TikTok for how many ever hours? And so the, the problem is not TikTok itself, yeah. but it's just some of these things. The things that we look for amusement and leisure are not maybe more uh, rigorous kinds of things in a lot of cases. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, even like cell phones, the ability to memorize phone numbers like how many phone numbers do you have memorized at this point um you know i mean i remember as a kid like i knew more phone numbers i knew my wife's phone number and i know my phone number and i think i know my parents phone number that's about it so i think i i know i know my mom's my stepmom's because they've had them for a long time my dad got a new one i know mine and my wife's i know the number to our church but yeah i mean there's just a lot that i don't know um and so because it just keeps track of it for me. And that's I mean, it's not like yeah. wrong or right. But again, it's just symptoms of the issue. Um, and so there's just cultural things, at least in the West, that have pushed us away from memorization. Uh, and there's also people like from an educational standpoint, there's people that are down on memorization as a form of, of you know, good instruction and learning. Now, do you have to have a photographic memory to memorize scripture? No, I, I definitely don't think so. Uh, and uh, the, you know, I don't uh, have a photographic memory <laughs> at all. And so for, so for myself, and I've memorized some scriptures, not as well as other people. You know, I have like the worst memory of anybody I know, I legitimately think. And, uh, you know, but songs have helped me memorize scripture. So, I mean, there are ways, if you, if you don't have a photographic memory, you'll probably need more aids and probably be able to memorize less than the person with a photographic memory. But I, I definitely think it's possible. I mean, we all memorize things that people without a photographic memory probably could tell you their, you know, all the verses to their favorite Taylor Swift song or something like that. <laughs> right. uh, um, yeah, I mean, you, and most people don't have photographic memories. Um, I feel like I have a reasonably good memory to recall things that I've read and stuff like that. But yeah, you don't have to. It, it just takes practice. I've found you just you just expose yourself to it and expose yourself to it and expose yourself to it, and even without tons of effort, over if you just do it enough, you go oh. And, and well, like we found that with uh, we play this game with the kids in our, our kids ministry on Wednesday nights. We'll put on a, a television screen um, the put the verse up that they we're working on, and we work on the passages usually at least three weeks at a time, so they can kind of pick it up. And so we'll show them the verse and say, all right, and, you know, kind of remember this, and then we'll take away a number of the words, and then they try to fill it in. We throw them a piece of candy, and, and you know, they learn it because they yeah. go over it, and they go over it. And so then they're able, without even realizing they're practicing it, they're, they're being exposed to it. Um, so, yeah, most of us don't have photographic memories. Um, but, Tony, how could memorizing Scripture together as a family be helpful in discipling one another? Yeah, I think it provides accountability uh, that and helps parents 
more than they acknowledge as well. So, you know, it both helps the kids. And then honestly, I, I, I highly suspect most adults that have children are going to do better at memorizing the Bible if they're helping their kids do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my case. Uh, and I think we can bring those scriptures to bear with one another and our struggles, uh, you know, the and, and our discipleship to one another. I actually know of a case this week that you know my wife was uh, helping our ch- our children and uh, and some things and you know helping them think rightly and and she was able to bring some bible verses that our children have memorized and that she's memorized that I have as well and it was helpful it was something that really comforted them and turned them to the truth of of who God is and what God says so how about you Ben what do you think I I want to say amen to what you said um, that doing something together i mean i know some people they're they're less inclined to exercise alone but if someone is with them that's what they need to to get into it because someone is there and it's just the act of having someone with them and encourages them and pushes them along and it's like okay i've got to do this and and i can and so i think that's definitely a part of it and yeah and just if you're all focusing on the same thing especially if you're focusing on an extended passage it's going to take you a little time and you're just kind of beginning to inhabit that and it you have a shared language to talk about some of these things and and to remember and so yeah it can be whether it's to you need to confront someone or to comfort and encourage someone um and so yeah it's just giving you that that shared experience together so are there additional benefits of memorizing, uh, memorizing God's Word together? Yeah, I think it can provide a bridge into the teaching of the church at times. Uh, you know, especially when a church pushes Bible memorization as a congregation. Uh, you know, even when it doesn't, you know, I think that there are ways in which, you know, you can be memorizing verses in a book that you're, uh, that one your pastors are preaching through, for example. Uh, I'll add it, I think it can make setting big goals more attainable. Like you talked about, you know, the big chunk. I mean, I suspect that I'm going to have a harder time doing those kind of big passages on my own, and my kids are probably as well. Uh, but when we do it together, it is that kind of greater accountability. So, uh, and I, I think this can also, and uh, one significant thing is, you know, this can, for our kids especially, make godly family memories. You know, I mean, those times, even if you, those memories kind of, even if the verses drift away to a degree, I suspect they'll always be there in, you know, the bones of it in our mind. Uh, but even if the words drift away, you'll remember that this was our, that my family was built upon, you know, the memorizing of God's holy word. And I think, you know, that's not the main benefit, but I think that is a very real benefit. What do you think, Ben? Well, I think, yeah, I, I like that, uh, that you are, even if they don't remember all the passages or that kind of thing, it's, we did this together. We made God's word central mm-hmm. and it can it can turn into meditation and to prayer for the individuals within the family. I mean, I know I've done, I mean, I did a WANA as a kid and that's heavy on scripture memory. And then even into my adult life, I've done a fair bit of scripture memory. And often I find that it, that working on the memorization then turns into meditation rolling it over in your head and then that turns into prayer just sort of naturally flows from uh one to the next 
And I, I remember in college, I was trying to memorize the book of Ephesians. I never finished it. I'm, it's on my list of things to do. But uh, I got into like chapter two. But I, I had a – I mean our, the campus we had was not that, that big. But the where I lived and where my uh, classes – a lot of my classes were, were kind of at other opposite ends. And so I had a little bit of a walk. And I remember just walking and, and having some time to – to think about that and work on those verses. And this was pre-smartphone as well. And I mean, you now you see people, I mean, they're just walking and, you know, they're a risk to themselves because they're all, everybody's hunched Mm -hmm. over and looking at their phone and like literally going to fall. And I had the advantage of not having to deal with that at that point. But even now trying to, you know, make, make use of of some of that downtime mentally, maybe to work on something uh, to call to mind. But yeah, I just, I think it, there's the, the aspect of it together, but then it spreads out to those individuals and as they go about their day. So, Tony, is there a best way to do this, you think? Or did you have any recommendations about how um, a family might want to approach Scripture memory together? I think that there has been a lot of good ways, both modern ones and historical ones. So I'm not sure that there definitively is a best one. Uh, I'll list a few great ones, ways to do this. Uh, even like specific methodologies from people. I think fighter verses, for example, are resources that were made um, by True 78, actually. And I think they're still made by True 78. And these can be really great. We used to, as a family, do these more. And they're kind of assigned. Basically, you memorize a Bible verse a week. And over like four years, you'll memorize hundreds of Bible verses. Um, and uh, we and so we've done that before. We have maybe we need to go back to that. We have switched uh, more to random seeds family worship videos, uh, but you know we should do more of them. So we you know we my guess is our family probably memorizes you know maybe a verse a month rather than a verse a week right now uh, in this time in our life. Uh, but probably would benefit from doing a little bit more, maybe a, a maybe a verse and a half a month, and. Uh, but so five I mean, seeds can be a really great thing. Um, you know, I think it's further a great way to do this is if you have curriculums for your kids, especially your church, maybe Gospel Project. Uh, I think it is good to memorize together the verses that are assigned with your lessons because it's frequently really good Bible lessons will have Bible verses that kids are supposed to memorize at home. And, and you know, use that. I mean, you or if your kids in Awana, maybe use the time together as a family to memorize verses in Awana. And by the way, I want to say to really... Uh, you know, Awana, I think Awana was so popular in the past and so popular sometimes today that I think sometimes people can be uh, or too dismissive of it almost because, you know, it's just almost like it's too posh. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've, I've led Awanas before and I remember like five years ago, Awana switched to having basically all of the kids on the same verses at the same time rather than having for different ages. And, and that... That's great for family worship purposes. You know, I really like that. So what about you? What do you think about uh, best ways to do this? In some ways, I'd say the best way is just do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, I, I think it is helpful to give it a little thought. Again, it's God's word. But 
the first place I would recommend someone go is not necessarily like the holiness code in Leviticus and not to diminish Leviticus. I mean, it's got, it's a helpful book. It's, it's the word of God or, you know, I'm not going to tell someone to memorize a genealogy. That's just going to be hard and boring for people. And of, I can tell you, I think why the genealogies are there. And actually you say, man, you could look at the faithfulness of God. He's moving forward his promises and he's promised to give a family. And look, here is the, the proof of it. But at the same time, it's not um, quite as nourishing to the soul as memorizing the 23rd Psalm or something. Hey, um, Andrew Peterson memorized Matthew's begats. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's I, I've heard of the song. I, I'm not great. And that one's <laughs> I was actually looking at it today, um, tying it in with Ruth. And yeah, I mean, you've got this, you know, seedy uh, collection of, of people that the Messiah comes through. Uh, but I think you, you brought up some good points, Tony, like tying it to what they're learning in church. And I think that that's, you know, we believe primary, the primary disciples of the children are parents and the ones that care for them that way. But the church is going to have, hopefully, a kind of a systematic way of, yeah. of trying to teach them through the Bible that parents may not have. And I don't know that that's necessarily wrong. And so learning along with them can be a helpful thing as you're seeing things pieced together. I think too, yeah, going with the, maybe what the pastor's doing, like our uh, senior pastor is about to start preaching through Colossians. And so, I mean, I decided, now I'm not going to do this with my family. I think this might be a little much to ask everybody to do, but I was like, you know what? If I do a verse a day, I can, I think, cause he, he goes in pretty small chunks. I yeah. think I could get through the whole book by the time he's done. Now it's going to take discipline on my part. Um, I've done one other uh, letter before, but um, yeah, I think doing some of those extended sections can be very helpful. And I mean, like for instance, our family did John 1, 1 to 18. There's a section that hangs together and we did it over several months. It, it was not like a specific, oh, we got to get done by this date. Some people may find that helpful having like a you know, accountability timeline. But the ladies in our church were going through uh, John in a study, and at yeah. the back of it, there was a thing of like a memory plan. And my wife suggested, well, hey, maybe you could suggest and give some kind of prize, like if, if a moms and their kid will memorize it together. And so I was like, oh, that's great. And so I was, well, let's, let's just all do it. And so even our four-year-old, I mean, he was, he didn't end up saying it like to get the points at church. But he had a lot of it. He could just rattle it off because he just heard it and he mm -hmm. said it over and over. And so it really is not like you got to be super smart or you got to be, you know, photographic memory. Um, just start doing it and read it, say it together. And it's it's really there's it's not complicated. I'm not gonna say it's easy, but it's not complicated. Mm. Um, so I mean, how do you think a family could incorporate it into their life together? Yeah, so I, I think there are multiple ways that they could do that. Uh, but uh, one one obvious thing, I think, is if you have family worship, uh, can join it into family worship. That's what we do. You know, most often, I mean, we're going to cite a verse, you know, when our child can't sleep that we've memorized and stuff like that. But we introduce it largely during family worship. Uh, and uh, I think that then from there, wherever you guys do, whether you do it in the morning or whatever, use these verses and struggles and encourage and as encouragement uh, that uh, and uh, the this can be you know this can really replace even your driving music. Uh, I think an example for us was actually that there was a mention of uh, that Mars Hill Church. 
Mars Hill Church had one good thing there. That was the, uh, there was a ministry called the Risers that was a product of one of the bands. And I don't think any of the abusers in the church had anything to do with that. But, you know, they really, they did a really good job doing some Bible verse memorization. And they've lost songs and uh, seeds, but, uh, you know, they're really fun and well produced. And so we, you know, our kids will oftentimes, you know, when we're in the car, they'll ask for the Risers and, they might not know they're memorizing the Bible. They're definitely memorizing the Bible when they're singing along to the Risers Bible verse songs. Uh, so, I mean, those are, I think, some of the ways that we can incorporate into life together. But, you know, there's all kinds of ways, I'm sure. What uh, thoughts do you have, Ben? I think what we have found helpful, I and mean, it's not the only way, but we would do it like in our family worship time, family devotional time, whatever you want to label that, where you know, we would read scripture and we've not done, we've done a little bit of the singing. Do you guys sing? We do. We sing in family worship. Yes. Okay. So we've not done a lot of that. We did it some years ago. I think it'd be good to reincorporate, but, um, you know, we'd pray and then we would do, we would work on, uh, the John passage and we need to get back to, I think, you know, now that we've made it through that, I'd I'd like to do something else, but, um, you know, the kids just kind of came to expect it. Like, oh, we got to do John. Wait, we're not done yet. You know, it just was a, an expectation. Um, I, you could, like you said, you could do it in the car. The music can be a very powerful way to remember things. Um, you're incorporating not completely another sense, but it, it is engaging a different part of your brain. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the risers are. We play that at uh, church on Wednesday nights. It's pretty upbeat, um, peppy kind of a rock sound you know seeds they can have that they can also have some more ballad like things um yeah seeds it's great um and, and there are others out there those are the ones that i'm probably more familiar with but if, if you can do that kind of thing uh i know i mean just at church we have found if you can incorporate you know body movements or something especially with young kids oh, yeah. um, that can be a helpful thing but you could i mean if you got young kids I mean, your your thirteen year old probably might not get into like making hand motions, and and that's okay. Um, but just kind of weave it into a natural moment where you you're you have time together and uh, just looking for those opportunities. <clears throat> How and we kind of maybe hit on this, but um, anything that, that would make it enjoyable and obviously memorable. Yeah. So I think the parents getting into it. It's definitely key. Uh, I think for both memorable and enjoyable in a way, because I think, you know, if we just do this, if as kids do that, if we're going to watch you. It's, it's not just going to be disconnected from the kids and make it less memorable, but it's also, I think going to be seen as almost like homework rather than holiness, a help, if that makes sense. <laughs> and, uh, the and uh, but you know music we've talked about this both of us have music I think can help a great deal I mean it just is the case that people memorize really well with music sometimes and so even if you you know like there were times where we would do fighter verses and there wouldn't be a song and uh, we would uh, we would kind of make up a, a song generally to like a Disney tune and so like it was funny there was a time where uh, some of our kids knew the Lion King songs uh, by Bible verses and so they were kind of surprised when they'd hear them and they had different words the tunes <laughs> because that's what <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, but I agree with you on the motions too. You know, actually, our youngest loves to do. Uh, you know, she she focuses way more on the Bible verse songs when she's doing these silly motions that she even makes up. You know, and it's great. It's sometimes just it's delightful to watch. So yeah, I mean, small kids love that, and you know, I mean, just they're, they're getting that is a way that they are getting another sense. Uh, yeah you know involved and getting their brain engaged and and I've read the more senses that you can involve the more likely you are to remember something Mm -hmm. and so yes go go for it um and you mentioned fighter versus two I have used fighter versus in the past and then when I started memorizing a a passage of or like a a book of the bible then I kind of like ah I've kind of got my I need to put my attention on that and so then I kind of stopped checking fighter verses but i do have it on my phone but they've got those foundation verses where they have a picture yep with for the you know and the foundation verses are for kids in particular and each passage has a picture associated with it and so when you can do that again you're engaging another sense they're seeing this image like there's a sun there's two no one can serve two masters it's got the number two um i can't remember all of them but uh, i've done them some with my kids but yeah just creative ways that you can can do that um Sometimes just playing, you know, like you're talking about in the car or just even at home, playing the music in the background mm-hmm. and it can kind of soak in. They're, they're playing, doing something like that, and it's just playing and they're absorbing it. Um, well, Tony, how could this practice push kids towards God's church and not just this like private spirituality? Yeah, I, I think it's it's really an obvious connection if you use these verses that your church is using. So, yeah, I mean, for example, again, like we mentioned, I, there's a lot of gospel projects will assign verses sometimes. Uh, fight, I mean, if you do uh, Truth to 78, they almost always do verses for the week. And, you know, if you're using that, it's really, it's going to have that really, really clear connection to the church that, you know, the family discipleship is not just this kind of separated, siloed out thing. Uh, But I think if we, uh, even if we don't do this, if we encourage the kids to say, bring the verses that they memorize into Sunday school discussions, or, you know, even if, you know, you encourage our kids to cite the past verses that they've learned to their pastors, just give them a challenge. I think I, I would I would tell you if any pastor is ever annoyed by that, that's maybe a pastor that's not very qualified. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think any qualified pastor would be thrilled to have somebody who's listening's child come up to them and uh, tell them, you know, pastor so-and-so, I learned this Bible verse. Can I tell it to you? You know, that would be awesome. And I think to me that might be a really cool way to incorporate it into uh, that kind of towards God's church if that makes sense. But what are your thoughts on this? I'm sure you have some better thoughts than I do. Uh, I don't, I like what you said. Um, I mean, and even sometimes you could pick some things that relate to the, the one another's passages, which there's a lot of them in the new Testament. Um, and I think it's good to, to memorize things that talk about, you know, God's presence with us, God's, uh, shepherd care over us. His, he's a stronghold, these kinds of things that relate to personally engaging with God, but also ones that maybe that are specific. And again, this is where doing something is better than nothing, but then giving a little bit of thought and like, well, or, and this is where some kind of plan like fighter verses or uh, there's other ones out there that, that give you a little bit of coherence to it. And it's not just kind of thumbing through the Bible and finding, oh, I like that one. 
but it's trying to teach some specific things. And like on the Fighter Versus app, they have it'll tell you what topic it relates to, and then you can go, oh, are there some other verses? Maybe that's a an issue that you're dealing with, and you, yeah. you need some help, and so it will give you some others. Um, that can be something where you're thinking about the church, and that's I think something we should think about in our day and age, at least here in the West. Um, uh, there's a tendency towards having a an overly individualistic. Uh, Christian relationship, and it's sort of the church is an additional nice add-on. If, if you have time, you're not doing travel ball and going on a trip and all that stuff. And when that's not the scriptural uh, place of the people of God, it, it's something that we're it's our life is oriented around God's people. Yeah. And so, I think it it's something that should be a consideration as we're thinking about it. Well, Tony, where could a family start that they're at nothing? Uh, where could they get the ball rolling? Yeah, so I, I would start simply with something that's not intimidating. Uh, maybe get buy a Seed CD, Seed's Family Worship CD. Uh, they're pretty available. I mean, a lot of them is on Spotify and you know all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Or watch one of their YouTube videos. Unless your church has something um, that, and if some, they have something that's for Bible memorization in your church, I would say, you know, I don't like this rogue spirituality. I think generally, if there's something akin that your church is pushing, probably jump on using that right away, you know, and, you know, kind of start where the church is going right now. Uh, so I think those are really helpful ways to just start. Uh, but I want to note that uh, in general, for starting this process, I uh, don't feel pressure to do a lot of verses right away. Uh, I've known of cases where people have been discouraged and kind of stopped doing this because they try to do a bunch of Bible verses and you know, they try to do one every week or whatever. And, you know, their family is not ready for that. But, you know, it's okay. It's okay to, you know, most, I would bet most people, families most probably most kids that are raised in the church have less than 10 bible verses memorized by the time they grow up you know if if your kid has 30 or 40 uh you know that's better than that <laughs> that over time if they have you know even i mean yeah it'd be better for them to have hundreds or thousands but you know it's uh don't feel pressure to push too hard to be in what do you think ben yeah, that's a good thing to note. There's not like this certain level of this qualifies you to to be a good Christian or something like that. God has given us a whole lot of words. I mean, hundreds of thousands of them um, in in Scripture, and so just jump in, um, do something, ask for God's help to stay faithful and the, to keep at it, and depending on you and your family and your tendencies, maybe setting yourself a goal of, okay, we want to try to memorize this by this point or breaking it down into chunks. Like, okay, if we were going to memorize this one verse over the next month, we're going to need to practice this many times a, a, a week or something. Um, you know, reduce it down so it's not, like you said, this goal that is just completely unrealistic. Like you, you don't have to memorize a whole book of the Bible. Um, and so just start small and again, ask for the Lord's help and, and, you know, maybe even say, Hey, if we get this all done, then we'll reward ourselves with this thing and Mm -hmm. we can enjoy this thing together, um, as a way to, you know, celebrate our hard work and, um, something like that. I think that would be enjoyable for people. 
and so help move you along. But yeah, just start somewhere. Again, nothing uh, or be- something is better than nothing, and, and but giving it some thought is even better than that. But uh, just start, you know, maybe try out one of the apps we've been talking about. Um, we certainly don't, we don't have any financial stake in any of those things. I know Fighter Versus, you have to pay. It's a small amount. Again, I think there's some other ones out yeah, there. Seeds is great. Um, a number of resources that are available would help you. But um, ask for the Lord's help and do it in faith. Don't, like you said, don't, it's like this rote spirituality. Mm-hmm. Uh, do it believing that God will meet you in it. I mean, it's His Word, it's living and it's active. And so it's God's voice encountering us. And so um, it's one of the best gifts we can give to our children. We Amen. certainly want to read scripture with them. But if we can help take some of those passages and let it take its roots and dig down deeper into their heart and lives, then it could bear fruit, that long-term fruit that will stick with them, that will help them to live righteous lives, live yeah. wise lives, live joy-filled lives, that be able to endure uh, in suffering and, and all kinds of things. So go run some plays and go think God's thoughts after him and fill your homes and your lives with it. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for listening. It was a good discussion, God man. Bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.